the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. Kate Winslet micro expressions, 1800s teen angst. She is one of the most humble people. I love the character growth. She's award winning, well known. Yeah, I love this. She's 100% this character. She has this gumption off the charts. She is amazing. Oh, it's so classic. Bold, valiant, daring. So much grit, a lot of tears, a lot of boobs. A life lesson, you know? A life lesson from Kate Winslet. Yes. Hello, and welcome to Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. We love Kate Winslet, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Steve Jobs. This movie was released in 2015, and Kate Winslet plays a character named Joanna Hoffman. This biopic follows Steve Jobs throughout his career while dealing with personal issues and being in the public eye. You can watch this, uh, I believe, on... Amazon Prime, you'll have to rent it. It used to be on Netflix, which is where we watched it, but I just checked today and I don't think it's on there anymore. Womp womp. If you haven't seen this movie, now's your time to pause and go watch it because from here on out, there will be spoilers. And I think this one is take it or leave it for me. Choose your own adventure. Agree. I think if you like biopics, it's decent, but I don't know, something about it feels a little anticlimactic to me Mm -hmm. for some reason, but we'll get into it. Yeah, we will. Take it away. So for the plot of Steve Jobs, we gave this a 6.5 out of 10. We were split on this, so Allie had wanted to rate it a 6. I said 7.5, which in hindsight feels kind of high. So we landed at 6.5 to fix. Usually we'll go like right in the middle, but we ended up at the end when we were kind of going through our final rankings, we moved this one a little bit to break a tie. So 6.5 is where we landed for Steve Jobs' plot. Yeah. Yeah. We open in 1984, the Macintosh launch. The voice demo fails less than an hour before its public unveiling, and they don't have the tools or time to fix it. Steve Jobs' team encourages him to cut the voice demo from the event because it hasn't even been advertised, but Jobs is intent on making it work. One team member, Joanna, played by Kate Winslet, who's like his right-hand woman, pushes back. She's begging him to be realistic and practical, but his vision cannot be deterred. I have to say, it took me like five to six minutes to realize that Joanna was Kate Winslet. Yes. She looks so different. I cannot wait to post pictures of this one. Yes, she looks so different. And I think, I don't know if she has a Polish accent, Mm -hmm. but not American, not British. And so like, and her hair is so dark and she has these glasses. Like I did not recognize, I did not recognize her. Yeah, it's crazy. I will say the opening scene is very captivating. Like it really grabs your attention because it's very tense. The music is really strong and just kind of like aids in that intensity. So my attention was grabbed. Yes. Jobs finds that Time Magazine wrote an article about him denying paternity of his ex Chris Hans child, Lisa, who's five years old, and he's upset that this is ruining his image. It just so happens that one of the computers is named Lisa, standing for Local Integrated Systems Architecture, and the little girl thinks she was named after it. He's just like upset. He's not having a good day. We see that in a hearing in the past, it was reported that he had a 94% chance of being the father. But despite this, Chrisanne is going on welfare. She's upset that Steve is refusing to help more than the court-ordered payment of $380 a month, or at least just admit that he is Lisa's father. So he's like dealing with this launch prep and then also dealing with like Chrisanne and Lisa and all this stuff at the same time. He threatens the engineer, Andy, that he's going to announce publicly that Andy was the designer who designed the voice demo that failed unless he fixes it. He's just, like, insane. 
All of a sudden, he's demanding they find him a white shirt with a breast pocket so he can put a floppy disk in the pocket. And they have 15 minutes before showtime. It's like, sir, this is not the time. Wardrobe is closed. Okay, it's set. We have bigger things happening. Yes. He seems to connect with little Lisa as she plays with Mac paint and then tells Chrisanne he'll wire money to her and buy her a house. So he's just like, listen, I can solve one problem today. <laughs> Joanna lectures Steve about being a better father to a child who is clearly his, and he hears none of it. Again, is only focused on the success of his Mac. He's just so misguided. Like, Chrisanne is trying to get him to see how messed up it is that he won't pay this small amount compared to what his company is worth. Mm -hmm. And he just wants Chrisanne to acknowledge what great charity Apple does with local schools. He's just like completely clueless. Yeah. And it just, it just seems like there's a missing link when he is talking about everything that's happening with him. Like he doesn't necessarily seem like he's got a bunch of ill will towards them, but it's just like, he doesn't get it. He doesn't care. Yeah. There's no, no empathy. Right. The presentation starts. The crowd does the wave. <laughs> I don't know when do you why, think why? the wave started? When? Yeah. That's a great What's question. the history of the wave? I don't know. Now I want to know. I know. Like, were they doing that back in the Coliseum? <laughs> <laughs> Gladiator days? <laughs> the first Olympics. <laughs> we get some flashbacks to Jobs and Wozniak, played by Seth Rogen, creating a computer, the Apple II, and arguing over whether it should be an open or closed system. Andy, the voice demo engineer, says their only option to have the computer say hello is to use the prototype Macintosh computer and have people think it's the one that they're unveiling, but they are actually different computers. Mm -hmm. Apple's CEO, John, played by Jeff Daniels, comes to calm Steve with a drink, and he's called the Steve Whisperer by people around, and Steve comments that John is the only other person who thinks like him. And we learn a little bit about Steve's background here. John questions why being adopted made Steve feel unwanted instead of chosen, implying that that's a reason Steve feels like he's surrounded by enemies. So mm, Yeah. A little, he just like feels like everyone's out to get him. Right, exactly. And that's definitely what you start to get a sense of in the movie. Yeah. In 1985, the new computer did not sell well, the closed system incompatibility being cited as the reason for the failure, and Steve Jobs is fired from Apple. He then creates a new company called Next. We see Lisa and Steve interact, and she seems a lot like him. They have a lot of the same tendencies, and mm -hmm. they think similarly. Mm -hmm. Wozniak, also goes by Woz, comes to the next presentation, and there was clearly a falling out between them. We learn Woz spoke poorly about Steve in the media. He confronts Woz about it, and Woz says he was angry, and warns him that he's going to get killed out there, and that the cube he's about to present is going to be a failure. He says he came to stand next to him as he fails because that's what friends do. Also, this computer cost $12,000 in 1988, which is about $30,000 today. What? Absolutely not. No. Joanna is still around. She's kind of followed him to this new company. She gives advice to Steve to talk to Lisa about things she likes. He does, and she tells him about two versions of a song. When she's leaving, she gives him a giant hug, and it just seems to be this moment of connection. The song that she's talking about is a Joni Mitchell song, which she calls really old. And he says, it's not really old unless he is. So that makes me think, what is a song from when we were kids that kids today would probably say is really old? Oh, oh, uh, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Oh, yes. Oh, that's a good one. I thought of Since You've Been Gone. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Yes. Kelly Clarkson, yeah. Also songs like Ignition. Or I'm thinking of, like, what was played at, like, my eighth grade school dances. 
Get low. Get low. <laughs> Hollow Back Girl by Gwen Stefani. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That are like classics to us. <clears throat> yes, they are. Now I want to interview a child. <laughs> like, have you heard this song? Have you heard this song? Do you ever see those like TikToks or reels where it's like, I don't know, different generations reacting to songs <laughs> that they've like yes. from not their generation and yes. it's like whether they even recognize it or not. And I'm like, how do you not know that it's song? It's so crazy. <laughs> oh man, makes me feel old. Yeah. John, the CEO of Apple, shows up and asks Steve why people think that he fired him. Through flashbacks, we learn that John recommended to the board to kill the Mac because it wasn't selling well. Steve was convinced they just needed to change the price and the marketing budget. And he blames John for pulling back on marketing because the ad Steve had put together was dystopian and didn't actually show the actual product. And John pulled his Super Bowl ads because he was like, this is a dumb commercial. (laughs) Steve is certain that John was out to kill the Mac before it even launched and claims that John fired him. But really, it seems that Steve forced a vote to basically choose between him or John and essentially choose between the Mac or the Apple II product, and the board chose John and the Apple II. Steve is also furious with John for being presumably behind Waz talking bad about Steve in the press, and he's very protective of him and their history. Yes. So Joanna confronts Steve about the unclear direction of Next, and he reveals he did this to entice the Apple board to bring him back. So this is just a giant ploy for him. He's just waiting to see what kind of tech they'll need so that he can essentially build it and bring it to them. Mm -hmm. Joanna's hurt that he hasn't let her in on his little revenge plot for the past three years. By 1998, Apple purchases Next, brings Steve back, and fires John. And at this point, we see that he's like morphed into the Steve Jobs that you probably know from the media with the black turtleneck and the glasses and the jeans look like that's Mm -hmm. his uniform. As they're prepping for the iMac reveal, Steve asks Joanna why they've never slept together. She's like, we're not in love. (laughs) And she shows him a nice quote from John, the CEO who was fired, but he's like speaking kindly of Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. She also reveals that they have been giving him conservative forecasts for the iMac and tells him the real forecast, which is much higher because they've just been trying to like temper his expectations. (laughs) And the iMac, like I learned how to type on an iMac on the Mavis Beacon. Really? Did you have iMacs and... No. Your school? No? Mm-mm. Oh, man. I still think they look so cool. Like, the color. Yeah, they colors, do. You know? They do. Joanna breaks down and tells Steve that his being a poor father for the past 20 years has caused her agony. She says being a father should be someone's greatest quality, but it's his worst. And she's actually upset because Steve told Lisa he wasn't paying her Harvard tuition. Andy Hertzfield, one of his first engineers, paid for Lisa's first semester instead of her dad. And Steve confronts Andy, upset that he's taken on a fatherly role for Lisa. But Andy's like, listen, I'm going to be real with you. I helped because someone had to, and you weren't doing it. So Steve's like, I'll wire you the money to pay you back. Andy asks Steve why he wants people to dislike him. He says he doesn't. And Andy tells him he always disliked him. And Steve is like, oh, well, I always liked you a lot. So it's not that I'm like. But Andy was also the one at the beginning of the movie who like was that engineer with the voice demo that Steve was like, I'm going to feed you to the sharks if you don't make this work. Yeah. Like clearly Steve Jobs just, again, didn't seem to have like a grasp on personal relationships. Yes. And how his actions or his words were affecting people. Mm -hmm. And not that I think that just because you have money, you are obligated to pay for your child's education, but it does seem crazy in this instance. Yeah. (laughs) 
But yeah, it's a low blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe it'd be different if he, like, made a case for, well, I really want her to, like, if he had a specific reason. Like, mm-hmm. if he believed that she needed to pay her way through school to learn or, mm-hmm. like, gain financial skills or something. But he doesn't say that. It just it just seems like he's not interested in spending his money on her. Right, right. Waz tries to convince Steve to acknowledge the Apple II team, who's getting laid off because it's now obsolete, but he refuses. They, like, argue. It's very awkward because this whole exchange is in front of everybody, including the press. Yeah. John comes backstage, and they have a little heart-to-heart about Steve's adoption story. And then Lisa confronts Steve about the Time article she recently read from all those years ago about him refusing to say he's her father. He tells her that all those years ago he lied, and that Lisa really was named after her. When she asks why he lied, he says he's poorly made. He tries to reconcile with her before he goes on stage, which actually makes him late, but he doesn't care, which... Kind of goes against what we've, I think, seen from him historically. Mm -hmm. He invites her to come back, and she does. This is, like, the most human moment from him, I think. Yeah, definitely. The most caring we've seen him be. We learn that he kept Lisa's first painting from Mac Paint when she was five, and he gives it to her folded up right before he goes on stage. Like, he carries it in his wallet. And that's the end of the movie. So it's that's why I feel like it's a little incomplete of a story. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really left me wanting more. Like, some Mm -hmm. biopics, I just, like... By the end of it, you feel like you really know them and you get a sense of why they were the way they they were. But this one, it felt like the opposite. I was like, I need to go watch a documentary. I need to go learn more. Like, why was he the way that he was and what drove him to do all these things? And they gave this snippet, like, maybe he just doesn't. Again, it's like clearly the grasp of personal relationships was a point of contention for him. Like, he just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to know why. And like, this makes me think like, yeah, he did care about his daughter for all those years, but he just didn't know how to show it. But then he like would barely pay child support and, you know, didn't pay for call. Like it doesn't all add up. It does not add up. Yeah. It's like you kept this in your wallet for 20 years, but you otherwise don't really acknowledge her as your child. Right. And like it showed a lot of the what happened in the movie. Like we learn about the different points in his career, but we don't learn about any of the why. Like I don't feel like I knew his personality better after this, you know? It just made me wonder more about him. Yeah, agreed. I thought it was an interesting like time period that they chose. I'm like, why? I don't know. Cause you get these flashes of them like him and Waz in the garage building stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true, like origin story, wouldn't we have gotten more of that? Like right, actually right. from the beginning and like what it took to like even sell and stand up the Apple II and like Yeah, why they choose these moments kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting. And then, you know, obviously Apple went on and persists <laughs> like it's such a huge brand, but like we don't get even that like trajectory. We don't get yeah. any vision into that. No. So it was just like kind of a weird selection of points in time from my perspective. Yeah, I agree. I think it was just kind of a, yeah, kind of a letdown because he's such an iconic figure mm-hmm. that I really like, I was wanting to learn so much more than I did. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, and then in this case, I think maybe the jump forward in time just like kind of bothered me because I'm like, obviously things were happening during, <laughs> during right. this time. Like, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Yeah. But anyway... Really stellar cast. Kate Winslet, Seth Rogen, Jeff Daniels. Other people who are in this who we didn't mention yet are Michael Fassbender, Catherine Watterson, Sarah Snook again. Yes. Another movie that Sarah Snook and Kate Winslet are in together. She was also in The Dressmaker, Crazy. which we reviewed a few weeks ago. I don't know at this point <laughs> what point in time we're at. <laughs> we're recording of so far ahead of time. 
So one thing I did like, I mean, I know I just said I don't like how much it just jumps forward and we don't see what happened during that time. And I think they could have done a better job of showing the trials and tribulations, I think, over the course of this movie. But the fact that this spanned decades and there was so much unknown and waiting Mm -hmm. and failure within that time, but he just persevered. Like, we've talked about this with every girl crush we have, like, just how they had no idea in their first handful of movies what they'd go on to do. Mm. And I just feel like that's an important life example. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's some things that have been posted about, like, where Oprah and Tina Fey and others were at, at like, 23, 25, 30, like, people who go, who are successful, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, later, a little bit later in life or, yeah. or something. And I just love those. Yeah, yeah. Inspirational, for sure. So for Kate Winslet's character, Joanna, we gave her a 7 out of 10. She's a pretty likable character. She is Steve Jobs' right-hand woman. I think she was, when I looked it up, maybe like the fifth person to join Apple. So she was there like really early on. Mm -hmm. So probably explains why she followed him around and they had such a, a strong connection. And there's kind of this constant back and forth between them. And I love that she's able to challenge him to essentially be more ethical. Like she's saying anywhere from like the first presentation that he was going to do that we saw challenging him to be ethical in terms of waiting until it's actually ready and and showing the true product all the way to how he treats his daughter. Mm -hmm. So she, it seems, clearly took like a vested interest into him as a person that went beyond sort of like a coworker relationship, I think. But it was still very like platonic. Yeah, very platonic. But she seems like one of the only people who can go toe-to-toe with him without him exploding or writing her off or talking bad about her in the press. Like, she seems like the only person who can do that. Agreed. I'd love to learn more about her. Like, obviously, this is a real woman, a real-life person that this is based off of. So I'd love to learn more about her, how'd she come to join Apple, like why is she so loyal to him, et cetera. And I think we maybe would have rated her character even higher if we saw that or if we saw more growth from her. She's very consistent. And I think that's just the role that this character played in the movie. She's like his sounding board. And again, the one who kind of pushes back on him and kind of the only person that he's really nice to throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, for someone to stick with someone like him for decades working for them, like, what's your story? Yeah, exactly. I want to know more. Yeah. So for Kate's acting, we gave her a 6.5 out of 10. So we mentioned at the beginning, she has an accent in this, but it's not really clear. And in the first third of the movie, it sounds more American. But then like a third of the way into the movie, her accent gets pretty strong. And then it's obvious that it's not American, like it's Polish. So... It's just not, it just like was not super consistent for me. Yeah, I agree. And I'm like, maybe they, it seems like maybe you would try and do that depending on the time in her life that they were trying to portray. But I think based on when she immigrated that people who immigrate later in life, their accent often doesn't decrease a lot over time. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even expect that. And it was like the opposite. It was like it was less strong early on. And then later in the movie, it got stronger. So it was like, yeah, yeah, I just didn't think it was very clear. We had to look up like, what is this accent? And is she supposed to have an accent? Like what is happening? Yeah, it was a little distracting. It kind of reminded me of uh, Reese Witherspoon, who was supposed to voice Marita in the Disney movie, but she had to quit because she couldn't do the Scottish accent. (laughs) That's so funny. Are you saying Kate Winslet should have quit this movie? No, I think she's <laughs> so good. I, I'm just confused because she's so good at accents yeah. that it seems strange that this one was like so on and off. 
Right. And if there was an intentional reason behind it, they didn't really let us in on it. Right. Like they, if there was, maybe there was a reason, maybe there's some character information that we just didn't have, but mm-hmm. would have been nice to know. Yeah. Yeah. So how Kate came to work on this movie was she heard about it through a crew member who she was working with while they were filming in Australia for The Dressmaker. And she was like, I didn't even care what role it was. I just wanted to be in it. And she Googled Joanna, found one picture of her. Her husband went to a wig shop and bought a short-haired dark wig, and she put it on her head and sent a picture of herself to the one of the producers. Yeah. And someone, like, came to her in Melbourne where they were filming The Dressmaker and they had a meeting and that's how she got the part. Like, like the I fact that you're Kate Winslet, it. you can just be like, I want this part. Here's a selfie of me. Yes. <laughs> They're like, Let done. Have it. Great audition. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. I love – we've gotten a couple stories of this about Kate Winslet and she's such a go-getter. She's so ambitious. And when she wants something, she's just like, yeah, I'm going to go after it. And she gets it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said that she spent a lot of time with the real life Joanna Hoffman to prepare for the role. And she said that one thing that was unique about her as a figure in Steve's life was that she didn't need anything from him. She just needed for him to be the best version of himself. And that's what really set their relationship apart from any relationship with his colleagues, which is super interesting, a really interesting perspective. Like she, from that, it sounds like she was really almost like his conscience like embodied you know externally right yeah it's so interesting and I love that she actually spent time with her and I think that makes her character even more believable because that makes me think Mm -hmm. she really did portray her in a way that likely was true to real life since she did take the time to really get to know her yeah so our bonus category this season is feisty and for her character in this movie we gave her a one out of two I think she definitely has some spark here. She's the, like the only one who stands up to Steve Jobs in a way that gets through to him. And she even threatens to quit at one point over his lack of emotional involvement with his daughter, which I think is, again, like a feisty move to get him to treat others the way that she believes that they should be treated. Yeah. She's like, you can contact me at my new job working at anywhere I want. Yes. So funny. Yeah, I think she has to have some feistiness to survive in this job. Like, I don't think that she would have thrived in it without that personality trait. Totally agree. And then our Would You Watch Again score, we gave this a one out of five. This was the second time I've seen this movie. Don't feel the need to see it again. It's also like 20 minutes too long for me. Yeah. And I might be saying that also because I watched this on the treadmill and I was like, why is this not ending? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I also said, no, I want to read more articles. I want to watch other documentaries or something. So it did make me interested in learning more about him, but I wouldn't watch this movie again. Mm -hmm. So to review for Steve Jobs, we gave the plot a 6.5 out of 10. Kate Winslet's character, Joanna, a 7 out of 10. Her acting, a 6.5 out of 10. Feisty score, 1 out of 2. And a Would You Watch Again score of 1 out of 5 for a total score of 22 out of 37 points, which means that Steve Jobs is ranked number 28 out of all 46 Kate Winslet movies. All right. Not bad. Not bad. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or on TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com or support us at buymeacoffee.com slash girlcrushpod. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Labor Day. Bye. Bye.